0: Hi, I'm Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton and you're listening to Single High, a Notre Dame football podcast from uhnd.com, the official home of the Kyle Hamilton fan club. It's field down around the five yard line, the kick will
1: come down and Ruggev will take it, takes it at the 12, 15, 20, 25, he's at the 30,
0: after burners around. He- Frank Vitovich and Greg Flamont. Welcome back to another edition of Single High, the Notre Dame football podcast from uhnd.com. After a little brief hiatus, took a week off, you have uh, Frank Vitovich here as one of your hosts, co-hosts of the uh, of the pod for the next hour or so. As always, I'm joined by the president of the Kyle Hamilton Fan Club and video analyst blogger at irish sports daily as well mr greg flamong greg how are we doing tonight man it's been uh it's been a little while
1: i'm good boy how are you
0: i'm good I, i'm good i am fully recovered from a hellacious week of work last week which is why uh which is why we did not have a chance to pod uh last week which based on some of the questions that uh, that we got, Greg. This is kind of a uh, it's it's a kind of funny funny scenario as to uh, last Thursday. I probably you know work subsided by Thursday, and I was like, I was like, well, I could I could hit up Greg and see if you know if he's ready to pod tonight. But you guess what? You know what I did Thursday night after a, a very rough week, and not rough as in like bad. Rough as in just like busy as hell uh, week at work. Uh. My my wife and I ordered some pizza. Okay. We split a bottle of wine and we watched Encanto. Which oh, okay. is just funny because there's a there is an Encanto related question that we got from our fans. <laughs> uh, so I was like that is what I did folks last Thursday. I needed to I needed to unwind after a after a busy week and I have zero regrets. But here we are. Here we are. We are back.
1: It was funny like so usually the way it works is I I just kind of, I I just I just wait for you to kind of tell me like oh okay um like what do you want a pod when when do you want a pod right so usually you just set it up right so I don't I don't really think about it um and and I was I was going through I was like I haven't where's Frank like I I like you weren't in the DMs or anything like you weren't I was tweeting a lot
0: last week yeah you
1: weren't doing I was like where did Frank go like he just fell off the planet
0: is it busy. Uh, so it, it was a busy week. I work. Yeah. I work in sales, and for anybody who works in sales, you know that there's one week a year that's kickoff week, and it's usually usually it's fun, right? Usually you go someplace cool, you get a bunch of drinks, you get a bunch of good dinners, you know, and, and everybody gets together. We were virtual again this year, so that didn't happen. Uh, so it was just all online, uh, but. Um, uh, but it's just a lot of meetings. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of meetings and presentations. And when you have to give some of them, it takes a lot of time. Uh, so anyway, that, that was why I was I was silent last week for the most part. Um, and luckily, it was only a, a, a mildly uh, <laughs> it was only a mild week of news in Notre Dame football. But uh, we still had some comings and goings. That we could dive into here as we we jump right in. And actually, I'm just going to go ahead and open that. So we jump right in. I don't have anything super strong tonight, unfortunately. But I've had this beer before. It's pretty good. Um, It's about an 8% IPA. So, you know, you guys won't get me being ready for 95 uh, Nebraska tonight. But maybe... I don't know what was that year like 2013 Florida State or 20 like that like that level of team I think we could take Okay in. all right They're like pretty good but not great Yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah. You know, so uh so hey since we since we last what, last talked to y'all uh, another coach left the Notre Dame uh, the Notre Dame coaching staff that was not expected John McNulty leaving to be offensive coordinator at Boston College where he now gets the coach Phil Yrkovich, which is just all kinds of funny, uh, especially because they're gonna be uh, they'll be playing the Irish this year. So hey, that'll be that'll be interesting. but um I mean, obviously, you know, guy got a offensive coordinator position. you don't turn those down when you are a tight ends coach, even if it is at uh, backup. I mean uh, Boston College. So uh, you take those positions when they when they come up, but obviously Notre Dame wasn't expecting. To replace him, because now, Greg, the entire offensive staff, other than Tommy Reese, will be a complete revamp, which we'll get into the long-term ramifications of this. But um, were you surprised, not that McNulty left, because I think as soon as we all saw, like, oh, he's getting OC offered, why would he not, right? right but right. were you surprised at how quick Notre Dame reacted, given some of the other openings that that, that have been on the staff? And that we already have an unofficial replacement for McNulty.
1: Uh, yes, I was surprised.
0: As was um,
1: I. Just because you, you would think it would take a couple more days, right? Um, mm-hmm. They moved pretty quick. Like like running back took a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. We still don't have a DC. Um, yeah. But there's probably a reason for that. Um. Let's see. What, receiver took kind of a long time? I mean, everything – I mean, I, I think defensive line moved pretty quick. But, yeah. I mean, the tight end coach was the the quickest. I mean, that was like two, three days. Um,
0: yeah, it was like 48 hours.
1: Yeah, so, I mean – Which
0: Washington – Washington replacing Elston was pretty quick too because I think Elston left on like a Thursday. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't news break of Washington like that Sunday night or like yeah, that weekend? But-
1: I don't. I mean, it's hard to remember. I I, I yeah. feel like it was like a week. No, or maybe I think, it felt like I, a week because. Have, but... Yeah, I don't know. I think it was Either like three,
0: it was like three or four days. Either way, quick. I
1: remember it being pretty quick.
0: It was quick, like, yeah.
1: Re- relatively. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you think about it though, too. Like, I mean, uh, you know, Parker's got um, Gerard Parker, uh, unofficial new tight ends coach. Since you know, we don't. These things take weeks. um, Hell, McNulty got offered the the Boston College O.C. position on like Tuesday and was officially introduced Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. so, um, that must be nice to, to be able to just hire coaches without a two week lag in, in between them. But, um, you know, he does have some ties to Freeman. So I don't know if maybe who knows, you know, maybe Freeman has his list of guys that he knows like, hey, I know this is my. This is my circle. This is if I ever need a tight end coach, this is who I'm going to go to. And maybe maybe that's what happened. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of smoke around McNulty leaving until the BC thing came up. It wasn't like, hey, I need to plan ahead because he's going to get a bunch of offensive coordinator positions. Um, you know, it, that, that that was quick. I mean, what was it? That was like, again, Monday, I think, this week. Yeah. Like, oh bc's targeting mcnulty uh and then uh, by tuesday it was like yeah no that's uh he's he's their guy so yeah i was i was very surprised that it moved uh you know that that they moved that quick what are your thoughts on parker
1: um so first of all i think his name i think it's jared
0: oh is it jared i haven't heard it i've only read it so i've yeah so jared okay that would make sense
1: yeah so um I mean, I guess we'll get confirmation at some Mm -hmm. point from somebody, but, um, so I, like you said, like a pretty clearly front of mind guy, right? Like the, the position comes open and you know, they, we didn't, we heard, you know, everyone came out with their, like Jamie came out with his, uh, like names to know, but that's just kind of like, you know, trying to connect dots, like who could it be, who could fit and that sort of thing. Um, but there was never like, this is who we're hearing is involved or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, there wasn't that situation. Um, and then it was just like, Hey, like Notre Dame's involved with Parker and then it's going to be Parker. Right. So pretty clearly there's a, there's a front of mind thing going on there, um, where, you know, Freeman obviously had the, the previous experience with him. Um, and you know, obviously Reese felt comfortable with him. So, um. You know, so there's that. Um, so I guess my my biggest thing with McNulty leaving was the fact that he was the guy who sat next to Reese in the booth. Um, and he was the former offensive coordinator. And, you know, so...
0: We talked about this in detail in the last pod.
1: Yeah, so it's like that's... that's and, and it was regarding, like, who's going to... Because, you know, Freeman's taking over the defense, right? So if Freeman's taking over the defense... Well then, who's going to, you know, be the person, you know, the steadying hand or whatever for the offense? Because, you know, that used to be Brian Kelly, right? Like Brian Kelly was a offensive guy, obviously. So, you know, the quarterbacks come off and they talk to Brian Kelly, right? And they, you know, he can talk to um, Jeff Quinn about things and he can talk to Lance Taylor about things, right? Well, obviously Freeman's not going to be doing that because that's mm-hmm. not his. That's not his thing, right? So um, like where does this all come from? And so but it's like at least McNulty is up in the booth, right? And so he's sitting next to Reese and you know Reese can bounce ideas off of it, off of him, or yep. um, you know, Reese can you know, or McNulty can give him ideas and that sort of thing. So he leaves. So you want someone to replace that skill set in the coach, right? And Jared Parker, he's been a co-OC before. He's, um, you know, I don't know that he was calling plays at West Virginia, but we knew the OC, right? So you're going to be well, he involved. He was full on the-
0: OC before Harold. He huh. held he held just the offensive OC title before Harold or Harold Harold came on. Right, but NFL I don't end.
1: know I don't know if he was actually calling plays. Right, though. right, right. We don't know that. Yep. So so there's but it's like if you are the OC, right? You're going to be involved in the game plan. You're yep. going to be involved in game day. Like if it's the head coach, you you're still you have you have to do something, right? So you're still giving the coach ideas, or this is what they're doing, right? This is what I see here. This is what the defense has going on. This is why I recommend that sort of thing. Um, and so that's what he can do for Reese on that front. Um, so I think that's a pretty. I think that's a pretty big kind of thing that he has going for him where he has value on the Notre Dame staff. Um, He's been a tight end coach before he's been a wide receiver coach. Um, I personally don't, I I don't have any concerns about going from wide receiver to tight end. And if anything, it's a benefit because Notre Dame splits out their tight ends all the time. Right. So they're always having tight ends in the slot, always have tight ends split out wide. Um, obviously Michael Mayer, he he's unattached a ton, right? So mm-hmm. if uh if you know Parker can, you know, kind of give him tips on how to get out of press or get in and out of breaks or how to run a certain route from a wide out position, he can do that. So um,
0: hey, we I almost have that's... as many wide receiver coaches as returning wide receivers now.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so you have you have I think that's a good. Benefit situation. Yes. He was a recruiting coordinator. That's the one. Um, yeah. So, so there's the recruiting piece. Um, that's
0: now two former recruiting coordinators on staff because Mason right? had recruiting coordinator experience too. You got to replace Elston. Uh, Elston was re- recruiting coordinator, so that's that's open. We don't know who's going to fill that yet. Right. So. So,
1: so there's that, and then you know. Um,
0: does, Reese, at, does Reese? Does Reese come out of the booth? No. You don't no think way. so?
1: No, he likes to be up there. Yeah, clearly.
0: I mean, he likes to be up there, but he also wants to be a head coach too. And if one- if
1: anything, yeah. if anything, I think it would be Parker who came out of the booth and was on the field. Mm. Um. But I mean, because you know, maybe there's someone else on the staff. But to like your point, you need
0: somebody on the field that can manage the offense.
1: Right. If, so maybe, if, maybe it's Parker. Maybe it's McCullough. You know, uh, McCullough. He's he's which been around.
0: Been talked about.
1: Right. right, right. So D'Amico, the run, running backs coach. Yeah. So he's been around, right? Like he was there for he won a Super Bowl with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Um, so he's been, you know, in the highest pressure True. moments you can be in,
0: right? So is that a lot to ask though of a new coach who's just forming the relationships with the players to be the one who's on the field with them, managing that, man, man, managing the the offensive game day operation? Well.
1: I mean, yeah, but at the same time, like, someone has to do it, because they're all new, right? Yeah, exactly. So, it has to be somebody, so, um, you know, we'll see how that works. It's
0: not going to be Harry, right? Because we know Harry's going to be, like... Yeah, Harry's going to be
1: one, he's got the line, right? (laughs) Like, he has five guys that he needs to manage just on that front, right? So... But just
0: in it's, general, it's, offensive line is like a different thing. It's like, I don't yeah, like
1: maybe I don't want him like talking to the backs or something, you know, like maybe <laughs> I don't want him. Maybe I don't want him uh, talking to Tyler Buckner when he comes no, out. Yeah, uh, so. exactly. So,
0: <laughs> hmm. Let's go back to new running backs coach. Uh, okay. So uh, Dylan McCullough, because one, anybody listening, if you have not yet read his adoption story, on ESPN, uh, I think it was Sarah Spain had written the article years ago, right? At this yeah. Point.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm not even going to mention any details of it. I thought I was like, should I put something up on UHND? Like, oh man, new running backs coach. I was like, no, that will not do it. Will not do it justice. Look it up, read it. Absolutely ridiculous. It sounds like the plot of a movie. Your wife makes you make that. You go, that never would happen. And then you watch. It's this, but this is real. That is his story and that's all I'll say because I don't want to give it away. It's amazing.
1: So, so I sent I sent a synopsis to my uh a bunch of my high school buddies who don't follow um mm-hmm. you know Notre Dame or college football closely. I just sent like the synopsis to them. And one of them was like, "Wow, that's amazing." And the other one was like, "No, it's bullshit." No, <laughs> that didn't happen. He's exactly. like I, he's like I'm telling you, he's like that didn't happen. Like someone is lying. There's something to it. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm telling it's you, insane. this is how it went.
0: It, it's it's, so. it's the lifetime movie that you're like, God, there's no way this would ever happen in real life. This is not, yeah. no way this could happen. And yeah. then you read the art, you're just like, okay. When I was like, I was trying, I I didn't even like try to retell it to my wife. I'm like, I'm going to screw this up. I'm just, I'm going to send you this link. Just read yeah, it. Yeah, You're it's just going to have to read it. In between it. the baby stuff today while I'm working. Uh, so like, and she was like, yeah, it's absolutely insane. So uh, anyway, outside of that, uh, I mean, it seems like another good addition to the staff. Right. I mean, right. It, it, it almost seems like they got another, like, like exactly like Lance Taylor, you know, three years ago when, when he came on, McCullough seems like oh we found like another like Lance Taylor type you know type coach um, so excited uh, you know about that because obviously he was another one we weren't expecting to lose but again you get an offensive coordinator position at a legit school you kind of have to take it if you want to you know further your career so uh, I mean what and do you have any thoughts on on McCullough's addition?
1: Um, just kind of like I said before, right? Like he's, he's, uh, been the coach of like several good running backs. Um, Yeah. Tevin, Tevin Coleman rushed for 2000 yards when he was at, uh, Indiana. Right. Jordan Howard. He had a great, um, great stint with them. Yeah. He had, uh, he had, uh, Damian Williams for the, the chiefs playing his best ball. Damian Williams had a huge Super Bowl. Yep. Um, and now he's kind of like out of the league, I guess. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. I, I don't play fantasy football anymore, but, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't remember hearing his name or anything. So, um, yeah, so there, I mean, he's just, he's been a, a bunch of places. He coached at USC. Um, he had Stephen Carr, who was a five-star running back and then Stephen Carr followed him to Indiana. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, he's been in a lot of big time programs he's got a lot of big time production from his running backs and and you know obviously there's the recruiting piece right where so he did a really good job at USC uh coach Ronald Jones over there um in
0: 2016
1: 2017 so you know and and again like to me it's a big deal that he's you know coached in the Super Bowl and then you know they were the Super Bowl winners and he was around that he was around that operation at Kansas City when you're talking about some of the best offensive minds in college in football period. So um, yeah, good addition, known as a big time recruiter. So let's go.
0: Yeah. Also has like an army of children who are all division one athletes, uh, all division one football players too. Uh, But uh, I know that was a a lot of uh, Notre Dame fans immediately were like, well, are are they just all coming to Notre Dame? And so, so far they've all said they're sticking at Indiana but uh, and I know his youngest son is actually a, a well, I don't know if it's youngest son, but his youngest son in relation to college football recruiting at this point mm-hmm. is uh, he is a four star. He's a four star corner. Uh, uh, and whether or not Notre Dame tries to get into the mix now, we'll see. But uh, the other two are at Indiana uh, and I you know, kind of tweeted out like, hey, Indiana's home or something. I don't know. Uh, you know, those those kind of like AM am indicated here. they'll be mm-hmm. at
1: Indiana, at least for next season.
0: Correct. But one was also, I mean, if I'm, if I'm understanding, because God, the transfer rules are complicated these days now in some, time, in some ways, but if you're a mid-year enrollee, I don't believe you can just transfer right away. If you're a mid-year enrollee, I think you have to wait. I think that's like the one scenario in which you have to wait, but I could be incorrect.
1: You mean in as a, as like a. Because he's a
0: 2022. Like, yeah. I think yeah, yeah, mid-year yeah. enrollee, I don't think you can just like transfer immediately. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not Sure. I think because I remember reading it, uh, I think it was actually in relation to uh, it was it was on an Indiana site uh, when uh, when the McCullough news broke. So that could be incorrect. But um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, we'll see, uh, you know, if any if any ultimately do matriculate at Notre Dame, because it seems like roster numbers are still. Still fluid, you know, n- another player entered the portal this week, Jojo Johnson. Um, which is unfortunate. You know, he lost his entire freshman year to injury and is now uh you know in the uh, in the portal. There were some hoping maybe he could move to receiver. So that's obviously, you know, out the window now at this point. <laughs> but um I think unofficially based on my tracker, I think we're at like eighty-four scholarships. But again, some of them are like, you know, who is and who isn't gonna be going on scholarship. Um because I know there's some question as to some of like the walk-ons, you know, are there scholarships for this year, next year, and 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 whatnot, and that doesn't take into account Tariq Bracey, who we don't know yet if he's coming back. I think if Bracey yeah. comes back, we're at 85. But I'm pretty sure he is.
1: More. I mean, it. I think he'd be at least be going through spring ball. I mean, he's still on campus, right? It's still
0: yeah. So we'll see. So. But uh, anyway. Uh, so yeah, well, I mean, we, we, don't know if any of them will, uh, any of McCullough's, uh, you know, sons will, 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 end up following him, but let's go back for a second to just this entire turnover. Now of the offensive staff, cause you know, when, when Freeman, uh, you know, was named head coach and you know, what was that again? I'm trying to think that was like a. Was that Wednesday? The Wednesday after? Maybe I think it was. I think it was the Wednesday after. Wednesday or Thursday? I think it was the Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. That uh, the Wednesday after Brian Kelly left in the middle of the night, found a Cajun accent and went to Baton Rouge. (laughs) Uh, You know that that Wednesday was the night that is going to go down as like the 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 most fun Notre Dame Twitter night of all time. Where well, unless we ever win a Natty, (laughs) you know, (laughs) in the age of Twitter. But that night was just so much fun. Where it was just like everyone's back, everyone's back. No one's following BK. Like, uh, and none of the ones that um, none of the coaches that uh, were not retained have followed BK, which means he didn't want them either. So, <laughs> otherwise, they'd be there. But um, the whole thing that we you know we thought was there's was going to be a lot of continuity. You know, you thought like oh, the entire offensive staff outside of Dell Alexander and Jeff Quinn, who both you know, where we, 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 perceive, you know, at least at this point to have upgraded from, we're all going to be back. And now none of them are it's, and it's just Tommy, which it's good that, you know, if you're going to bring one back, it's good that it's Tommy. Cause he, you know, he, it's his offense essentially. So you don't have to now have an entire new offense, but it's a lot of turnover. Um, and even if you look on the defensive side of the ball, we thought that, you know, there'd be a new DC, uh, but that would have, That was really it. But then, you know, Elston left as well. So now you have, you know, another new position coach, uh, you know, over, uh, you know, over there coming in, uh, you know, now Washington, which again, we think could be at least on recruiting front, it could be an upgrade. We don't know, you know, if he's gonna be able to do all the things that Elston did, because Elston was a damn good coach. But yeah, it's a lot of turnover. Yeah. and I know, actually, I think when we when we set this up, you said you wanted to hear my take on this first. Now that I'm now that I'm setting the question up for you, mm-hmm. I think you wanted to hear my take on it first or and then you would respond. I well, like, just that. how do you
1: feel about it? Right. Like, yeah. how do you how do you, you know, I mean. It right. Doesn't... Like we, we thought we thought we were going to keep mostly everyone and now we're losing mostly everyone.
0: So, yeah.
1: How do you. How do you process that? Like, do you, does it change the way you feel about kind of the whole thing?
0: No, I don't think it does. Um, okay. Because, I mean, I don't, I don't, because you, you still have, essentially, when you look at this, you're still going to have the defense that Notre Dame was running. You'll, you'll have a new flavor of it, but it'll still basically be the same defense from yeah. what we're, what we are hearing. You're going to have the same offense. Uh, You know, because it's still going to be Tommy's, you know, Tommy's offense. You still got Matt Bayless returning, Mm -hmm. which, you know, they've, you know, uh, termed the, the minister of culture, so to speak, for the, you know, for the program. So I think you still have enough other pieces remaining that it's not it's not a total, you know, revamp. And you have you had Freeman in charge of it all, whose whole deal was we're not changing things we're going to improve but we're not changing and you know all of the replacements that he's made have been with that in mind so it's not like it's not like we had a new head coach come in who has completely new ideas who tried to keep some but not all and then has like some amalgamation of a staff that is like kind of forced together so yeah. it doesn't necessarily bother me it's not ideal like i would in a perfect world i would much rather uh, you know Lance Taylor, uh, John Mcnulty, and and Mike Elston to still be on the staff. But I look at the replacements, and again, I, I mean, you they they have to prove it. But I, I mean, it doesn't seem like we've lost a lot from a coaching acumen standpoint. We might have improved in some areas in recruiting. So it, it's like I said. I think the way I look at it is it's not ideal, but it doesn't necessarily bother me. It doesn't change my thoughts at all on the way that it happened. Cause again, think back to first week of December and if it, if it wasn't Freeman first week of December, like the whole thing is gone. Like maybe Bayless still stays, but like if it wasn't Freeman, like I, Reese is in LSU right now. Um, and then, so, I mean, so then, then you have a whole new offensive staff. Um, I mean, Elston's gone anyway. So he, he would be gone. Freeman would be gone. So like if Freeman was gone, you think Mickens wasn't going to be gone? I mean, they, the two grew up together and are, and are friends. Like, nah, I'm pretty sure Mickens probably would have, you know, would have, you know, went with uh, Freeman kind of wherever, wherever he landed, whether it was LSU or whether he got his own gig. Um, Cause there were, you know, there were, there were thoughts that he was going to get his own gig or have offers for smaller programs, uh, you know, this, uh, this off season. So then what are you left with? Like, I mean, is, was, was O'Leary going to stick around and be like, Hey guys, I'm I'm still here too? No. So if I, it doesn't change my mind as to how things went cuz imagine that scenario. Well, you think you think Notre Dame has the number 6 recruiting class in the country right now if a week before the early signing period the entire no, staff is No, I, I don't mean so no. like
1: I I don't yeah. mean it from like an either or uh, yeah, yeah. situation. It's more like because I think the theory behind um I think the theory behind Freeman was that, like, everyone knows that he's uh, he's you know he's young, right? And you are taking a chance. He's you know he's only been our defensive coordinator for a year, and you know it's not like he had a ton of experience, right? So you're taking a chance there. But I think the idea was the the risk is mitigated by the fact that you know there's stability, right? Mm -hmm. And so obviously. You know, keeping the class together and keeping everything together like that is a feature of Marcus Freeman, right? So, you you always wanted that to happen, but Mm -hmm. do you feel like now the the risk is even greater because of the turnover?
0: I guess probably. I mean, it's not smaller. (laughs) So like, so I mean, I mean, you're you're it's either with additional turnover, it's either smaller, the same or greater. And right. I think I look at it and it, it would have to be greater, um, substantially greater. I don't know. I think the the same risks that were there are the same risks that are there now. So I don't necessarily think it's much greater, uh, is I guess kind of my, my, my take on it. And uh, if anything, again, like you could look at it because you could always look at things, you know, right now as like a positive, you know, yeah. you can look at it like that. Hell Michigan right now is celebrating the fact that their coach did a nine hour interview with the Minnesota Vikings, didn't get the job. And then was like, I guess I'll go back to Michigan. They're celebrating that and looking well, at not the-
1: just that, there. but he thought he had the job. That's the thing. He, <laughs> he yeah. went in with the, with the idea that I will not be Michigan's coach. Like he, yeah. He went to take it and they weren't offering it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and they're, 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 they're spending that as positive. So you can always yeah. look at things as positive as, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, but if you want to try to find positives too, it's like, well, you know, Freeman, Freeman in, in a lot of ways, I mean, that, that you could have looked at the, the previous scenario. and like a lot is forced on Freeman as, a and as, you know, as a head coach and like, you know, most head, most, Guys who get you know promoted to be head coach or you know or get um, or, or, or brand new head coaches they get to build their own staff. So in a lot yeah. of ways it was like Freeman wasn't going to get to do that. Um, again, pros and cons of that since he's not uh, experienced in that department. But this way he has been able to go out you know vet these coaches and find coaches who are going to fit exactly kind of what you know his vision is for the staff specifically. With regards to recruiting, because we've learned that Brian Kelly and Marcus Freeman have very different ideas of what is needed, you know, to be elite recruiters and to mm-hmm. and to recruit, right? I don't think we're going to see Marcus Freeman, you know, grinding with a recruit on a little turntable inside the goog anytime soon, like we've been seeing with Brian Kelly, you know, in at, at LSU, which is hilarious that the most recent recruit that he did that with ended up signing with Alabama this week, but um, they had very different ideas in that, in that area. I mean, e- <laughs> I think it, every time he's talked about a, a coach and there's been a release, maybe other than Harry, like recruiting has been mentioned like four times, Yeah, right? He's brought in two replacements now that have had recruiting experience. That's going to be a much bigger focus, you know, of this staff. You now got like a staff almost like entirely of like under 40, under 40 year olds um, who are, who are going to be, uh, you know, out on the recruiting trail, which is very different than a staff of older, maybe established coaches who are like, I don't need to be on the, I don't need to be doing these, these crazy hours anymore. So there's a lot of positive ways to look at it too.
1: Yeah. I, I, so the way I described it on, um, hit and hustle with Jamie yesterday is like, so when you buy a house, say you buy a house, right? Some houses are fixers, right? So, you know, going in, like, I have to, I have to put in a lot of work in this house, right? We're going to tear it down or whatever. Yeah. We're going to gut it, that sort of thing. And, and some, some jobs are like that, right? Some, some coaching jobs are like that. Um, But this one wasn't supposed to be, it was supposed to be turnkey, right? So, you know, get the keys, go to the house, put your stuff in and you're good, right? The, the yeah. house is ready to go. And and we when we bought a house, it was like that, I guess. We didn't buy a fixer, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do notice, like, well, if I had my you know, if I had a in a perfect world, yeah. I would change some things, right? so and and over time, we have obviously done that. So, and I think for Freeman, I think maybe it's, and even for Reese, actually. It's like I didn't want – I wasn't looking to make changes, right? Like I'm happy with the way it is. Yeah. But if I well, have to than, make changes
0: – Other than Dell well, but you
1: knew, But you knew too, right? So like every house you move into, we're, we're painting. Mm-hmm. We're going to paint, right? Everyone paints. Mm-hmm. So there's always something. And so, you know, you knew Dell and you knew Quinn, right? Yep. But the rest of it, you didn't know. You didn't know El- – you for sure didn't know Elston. You for sure didn't know Taylor. You for sure didn't know McNulty. Yep. So, I I think in that vein, in that sense, like you look at it and you say, okay, I wasn't looking to make changes. But since I have to make a change, this is how I think we can improve these specific positions. And so, you still have the base of it. It's like you said. We still have the defense we were going to be running. We still have the offense we were going to be running with the people we expected to be running those things and Bayless with the strength program, right? So the engine of the whole thing is still intact. So
0: And all the players that you wanted back.
1: Right, exactly. So you still have those things. And so I only look at the changes as like, look, it was an opportunity for them to- to say, okay, this is how we can improve on the positions that we had. You know, we have a deficiency maybe in this area. Let's fix it with this coach. So that's how I look at it. I, yeah. you know, obviously it. We know what we're getting with those other coaches, and we know they're good coaches. Yeah. Right? Um. So hopefully they, they, they
0: didn't hire them off the street. They all had. Right. You
1: know. So hopefully the things they were good at, they Notre Dame continues to be good at. And hopefully, wherever they were looking to make an upgrade, they did. Obviously, that will that will bear out, you know, as things get going. But there's no obvious, you know, hole where you think, oh, like, I don't know about this, right? So
0: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I think, if anything, too, like, early returns on some of the replacements has been very, very positive. Like, and, and I haven't seen a single negative thing written yet about, uh, you know, Chancey Stuckey. Everything has been, like, making an impact already um yeah. I mean hes still got to get I don't know like 18 receivers in this class uh based <laughs> on based on the numbers but uh yeah and Al, Al Washington too another one that has just been like a good hire like I mean, he, he is a good rep yeah yeah he is um if, if anything like I said might be able to elevate that elevate some of the recruiting uh that maybe was good but maybe not necessarily elite so we got a lot of questions too, um, so we can start diving into some of those. Anything else though, like specifically that you wanna you want you want to chat through here on staff? Um, there hasn't been a ton of roster movement other than the one, like I said, the one transfer. Um, nothing, no, no. Tra- well, actually, I, we've added like eighteen specialists um, yeah. as well, um, which is kind of interesting. Like Brian, uh, you yeah, know, Mason coming in and really, like. Adding in some competition, if nothing else. Um, so yeah. that could be that could be interesting, uh, you know, to uh, to just to see how it uh, see how it plays out. But no, uh, I say
1: I say we do the questions.
0: All right. So we've uh, some of these have already been. Uh, let's see. Some of these have already we've already covered in in somewhat detail. So let's see. Let's open this up. All right. So. Uh. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So, uh, here's one, because we talked about the coaching staff. Um, Chris Jenkins, who sends us questions every week, so thank you. uh, Well, I guess not last week, since we didn't do it, but that's my bad. So, thank you, Chris. (laughs) Every show. Every show. Says, with all the new coaching hires and changes, do you have any concerns with anything like age, experience, etc.? What are your thoughts? I have some thoughts on this, actually.
1: Okay, go. Go.
0: So, I don't necessarily have thought... I don't necessarily... Uh, yeah, have concerns about age, you know, and and, and experience and things like that. Uh, you know, on on this staff, I will say, if I was looking at this and I was thinking about this yesterday when I saw this question last night, is there is some what's the right word? How do I word this yeah, here? there's some value in having some coaches on your staff who you know are just position coaches who are going to be happy to be position coaches who you can envision kind of just being there for like a long time. And I think the one concern I have is not necessarily, you know, regarding an experience or the age, it's more is a young staff. It seems like it's a staff that has some aspirations outside of just, you know, being a position coach. So my only concern is that is going to be long-term continuity of a staff like this where it's a lot of young coaches who you read some of the interviews you read some of the things it's like oh well you know this is a great job for them for their ultimate goal of being a oc or a dc and then being a head coach and it's like oh okay you get like an entire staff of that and it's going to be or no, i'm saying it's going to be but potentially is it something like well you know are we going to be replacing three or four coaches every off when you only hire, you know, kind of those kind of like young up and coming coaches. That's my only concern with it. I'm not necessarily concerned that like they're young.
1: Yeah, I I, I think there's maybe something to that. I mean, I was just like, look, OK, so I think you could count on O'Leary being around for a bit. I yeah. think you could count on Mickens being around for a bit. I think Stucky, I, I mean, I think he would be
0: around for a bit. Just, just so, yeah. He's, I mean, he's a he's a newer coach, yeah.
1: Right, newer.
0: Um, I mean, he's Harry. I think this is Harry's last job.
1: Harry for sure. Like he, yeah, he's not going anywhere. But that's the thing um, is like, how
0: long? How much long? You don't. We don't know how much longer he wants to coach. But like, I, I mean, I I
1: I, I, think, I, I, think, I assume he wants to coach Blake Fisher for the duration at least. Um, yeah, yeah. And Joe Alt, so yeah. that's probably exciting for him. Um, you know, but yeah, like Reese. Reese is, I mean. I'd be happy to get two years out of him, to be honest with you.
0: Honestly, um, exactly.
1: Yeah, so two years out of Reese. Um, I don't know what McCullough's looking to do. I know Parker's probably he he probably wants to call plays himself somewhere, um, but I, I don't know. Like I I also think like what it's it's kind of a tough balance because what I mean it was, like who's the DC going to be too? Like what who what is that person? What what are their aspirations? Right. Um, right. Well, we so, can get to that,
0: but then somebody like I think I look at like somebody like Al Washington, who you know, ben Washington G-line probably coached. wants
1: to be a DC somewhere. That's what I'm. saying. Yeah, that's what he I'm saying. Like, was so it's yeah, it's hard to. I mean, look, but that's the only I concern guess, I guess. I guess it's one of those things where it's like you want it to be a situation where it's like yeah, you know, we're gonna bring in the best coaches and and the best coaches are going to move on and yeah, be coaches that's somewhere fair. else, and then we'll continue. To, I, I guess you know, I, I think that we're used, I think we're used to the Elston thing and we yeah. really like it. And so, oh, I mean, yeah. and and I just think maybe we just have to get used to the fact that like, there's going to be a lot more turnover than normal. Right. And that, Fair. you know, that happens at Alabama. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's more turnover than normal. We're going to have recruits who are going on visits and we're not used to that. Right. So yep. we just got to get, uh, maybe we got to get used to those things. And, and you know, I guess the 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 way to look at it is our coaches aren't getting poached
0: around if they're not having
1: good seasons. So
0: also true. I don't think it's necessarily bad, you know. When when yeah, it yeah, happened. it's
1: just it's just weird. Like we're not used to that.
0: Exactly. So we're not used to good assistants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're used to Notre Dame assistants getting head coaching jobs at like Buffalo. Yeah. And and the such. So. Yeah. Um, you know and there there's a couple questions too specifically related to defensive coordinator uh Chris actually had a follow- up when I when I reposted this today I retweeted it today um but I mean there there was a few questions on defensive coordinator uh so his question regarding that was just do you think golden is the the DC and they're just waiting to announce uh I, I again this is no inside knowledge whatsoever but if it's not gold like if they <laughs> All I will say is like, if it's not Golden and there's not some sort of like, you know, handshake, gentleman's agreement, whatever the hell you want to call it. And we are literally just waiting this long just to interview him, not knowing that he's definitely going to accept. I That's that I will say is a tactical mistake because <laughs> there's other teams looking for defensive coordinators right now. Yeah. And I think Al Golden would potentially be a really good fit on this staff. He is a guy who I do think if Notre Dame lands him, that's like a 10 year, you know, potential type assistant. Cause I think, you know, he's had his stints as a head coach, probably past that. You know, he's now a position coach in the NFL. So going to be a DC at Notre Dame is like a, you know, is a step back up. And that could be seen as like a, you know, a great kind of final stop for him. Cause I think he's like 52. So, Anyway, if it's not though, like I mean, like I said, good, good fit. I could see it, it, but also not just like the oh my god, greatest defensive coordinator possibly ever. We're willing to wait it out and possibly miss out on other candidates. So we'll do that. I don't think he's that. So if that's that. That that's my take on it. Is just that like if we're just waiting this long and. I mean, because look at the, the Rams had two of their coordinators like interview for head coaching jobs like the Monday after they won the NFC Championship, yeah. and advanced to the Super Bowl. So like, that's there. That precedent is there. So that that that's just my take on it. Um, so I, for the sake of like, just again, us there not being any smoke anywhere else. I hope it's him.
1: Yeah, I I don't know where they are in the process with anybody else yeah so we've kind of heard the names of other people but like have they interviewed anybody like have where are they in, in the process yeah have they interviewed Al Golden like in some capacity um you have to think yes because again like you said what are we what's the like and then there's a pretty obvious hold up right they're still in the playoffs and yeah. You know, now fair. it's Thursday and they're gonna start like me and Jamie were talking about this yesterday. Like the Super Bowl, that their prep is gonna start ramping up like for real now. So
0: yeah, yeah.
1: It's like if you're doing that, then you know, obviously he's not gonna come in now. If he was gonna no. do anything, it would have been like have been Monday, Monday Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. So he obviously didn't, or maybe he did, but um, you know, nothing came of it, or they're gonna talk again later. So I don't know. I I I have to think that Freeman is i don't know if i want to use the word confident like just he thinks that's
0: where the direction is going to go yeah and so that's what we're doing um, i i mean for the, i just don't like i i don't want to even think that like again that that uh that they're putting all of the eggs in in one basket like that without that confidence it's, it's right. kind of like I, I just don't want to think that that's what's happening i mean because but it's, i that,
1: think it's something possible that like they haven't talked to him in some way.
0: They, exactly. There's, there's other something. There's other good candidates out there that could come in for this job that, like, you have to move on if you don't have some sort of assurance or very, very, very high level of confidence. like, right. And again, no inside knowledge there. That is just looking at this and knowing that I've never seen anything quite like this. At, at Notre Dame, at least, um, you know, in in covering this team for twenty years on UHND, like, there's never been an opening this long where you're just uh, like, it's well, not There's no names. Where there's no names. It's, there's it's, no not,
1: names. There's no it's not that. Numbers. It's not. It's the names. It's like we don't know where they are in the process. Yeah, that's the thing.
0: I mean, for this me. position has been open now for what are we looking at? Two months, almost. Yeah. 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 Freeman was officially named probably like, I don't know, the 5th or 6th of December. So you're looking at this position being open for two months. So I think it's got to be. But, well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, if if after the Super Bowl, I mean, we're laughing at Michigan right now. But after the Super Bowl, if Al Golden's like, no, nah, I'm staying. And we're like, what were we doing? <laughs> That's what we're going to be saying. And then Michigan fans can make fun of us. And it's the circle of circle of college football life. Uh, but, um uh, let's see what else we got here. Question wise. Um, all right. We're going to go to our friend, uh, Oscar gone in, uh, at gone in, uh, in 2059. Uh, so, I mean, he asked why the delay is a defensive coordinator. I think we kind of touched on that. We yeah. kind of think it's because of golden, uh, thoughts on Al Washington. I think we covered that, you know, last pod and this one, but I am huge fan. I said all the early returns sound phenomenal. Yeah, I'm
1: pretty, I'm pretty fired by him.
0: Yeah, I'm, I am pumped. Uh, I think the only again the only concern is like, is he going to get a DC job in the next like next cycle? Which possibly, because uh, it seems like he's going to come in and just like, it already seems like he's doing really well on the recruiting trail. Kind of like Freeman did last year, yeah. where it's like, he's just coming in like, now we're going after the five set. What are you guys? Why why are you going after these developmental guys that we're going to have to wait three years before they can play? Let's go after the ones that we think can play next year. Yeah. Um, and he's just kind of coming in with that kind of mentality, which is great. Um, so, all right, this one, I, I think this is, this is probably for Greg. Cause I don't, I don't watch the, uh, the football as much as, uh, as I think Greg does, but was the U S men's, uh, soccer team extra dumb for playing that frozen, uh, world cup qualifier?
1: I don't know. What are they doing? Like what? What? Like,
0: I, I honestly have no idea because I don't watch it. So, so <laughs> yeah. they
1: played uh, Honduras yesterday in uh, in Minnesota.
0: Yeah. I saw in the tweet, out- you guys were all going off
1: outdoor uh, outdoor, you know, field stadium. It's like, like one degrees. Like, what are you doing? Like, I, honestly, how is that like giving like obviously Honduras is not used to that sort of thing. But, like, you don't want your own play. Like, you're already better than Honduras. You don't need to freeze the field. It's, like, it, it's just ridiculous. Like, they were so, everyone is so cold. Like, the Honduras goalie had to go out for freaking hypothermia at halftime. It, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's dumb. They end up winning 3 nothing. It's fine. But So, extra like, dumb
0: is what you're saying. You're agreeing is, with Oscar. It is
1: extra dumb.
0: Okay. All right. Yes. All right. Okay. I mean, just hearing that, it sounds dumb. So, all right, move on. Um, he also asked, he sent us like a six-pack, a literal six-pack of questions. Um, <laughs> which receiver has the best 2022? Uh, styles. Agreed. All right. Um, bop, bop, bop. All right, I think we go. Okay, so here we go. What's the best song on the Encanto soundtrack? So that's where, that's why I thought it was funny when I saw this and then, My rationale or not rationale, but like just what I did last Thursday instead of instead of podcasting. So do do you have one, Greg?
1: So this is my take on this. So everyone is into the Bruno.
0: I mean, it's catchy. It's been in my head for days.
1: First of all, it's not my
0: favorite.
1: Oh, let me hear your favorite.
0: My favorite is, um, I had a, I was like, I didn't know the name of it. I just knew the one that I really liked. It's uh, Columbia, Me Encanto. That is my favorite one from the, uh, you know, from the soundtrack. Okay. That's, that, so what what, what do you got?
1: Um, Mine is, um, is uh, a little bit different. Okay mine is the um intru- instrumental version of all of you
0: ah okay really enjoy it i like the yeah. i like the the full vocal of all all of you that's a yeah, that's like a really good instrumental. one too it,
1: it, it honestly like it makes me feel better i am in i'm into like the
0: instrumental stuff so oh man um, okay this is yeah. deep we're getting deep yeah, on that it getting is. deep on the single high, single high <laughs> podcast right now. Um, I, I talked to, it's funny, I asked my wife, because I was like, "We again, we watched this together. I was like, oh, you're going to think this funny. This question is funny. Um, the other one we both like, too, is Surface Pressure. My, that's, that's my one. son's favorite. That's a good one. That's also, uh, that is uh, that is pretty catchy. So there you go. Um, this is what you guys are here for, is you're here for our takes on, uh, on the Encanto soundtrack. But uh, great movie. Uh, I was like, this is the perfect way to end a stressful week of work. I was like, this is such a feel good. Mo- I love it. All right. So um, I was like, I will have another glass of wine. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> but um, thank you, Oscar. Oh, wait, Oscar had one more. Oh, man, I can't. I I do not speak Spanish. Um, his question is in Spanish. I ran it through the the English, uh, the Spanish English translator. On uh, on Google Translate, so I know I know what it means. What he's asking us? Are you are you looking it up? I see the. I am trying to look it up now. Okay, so I'll give you a second to uh, to to uh, to, to look that up. It, it's <laughs> in response to the reminder tweet that I had put out, not the original tweet. So the one uh, from like two o'clock this afternoon. I'll let you. Uh...
1: Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, wait 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 wait. The reminder tweet
0: yes I, I didn't see that one wait his um... reminder we record tonight if you have any questions oh okay got yeah. it okay yeah. I, oh you didn't tag me on this that's why i didn't Oh see my this. bad um there's a lot of questions we're gonna be doing this for a while um uh, appetizer for the super yeah, i knew it i, I the best I, appetizer yeah, I knew whatever. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna read the whole thing in Spanish for us. That was what I was getting at. I, I don't know. <laughs> right, so the best appetizer for the Super Bowl is what Oscar is uh, is asking us. Um, what do you got?
1: So um, I so I make. Um, actually, wait, no, Apertivo. That's a uh, that's a. Um, sorry, that's a that's a drink
0: it's a pre-male oh, it? drink
1: yeah it's a drink google
0: translate also said appetizer let's do both
1: well, I, well uh, let's do both
0: yeah so yeah, it's,
1: okay. it's like i i remember from um it's an aperitif so it's uh it's that's from a movie um pre male drink I, look i am always um i'm intrigued I am always i don't i don't know about like these kinds of drinks i always want a margarita first oh okay yeah i always want that
0: okay salt or no salt uh salt okay all right all right well i mean you know mine's gonna be because it's always gonna be a uh i mean it's always going to be a beer of sorts uh a super bowl beer is probably like a mid-range IPA because the Super Bowl is super long, so I can't go I can't go super strong early, uh, you know, for the Super Bowl or even throughout because then I just fall asleep. But um, you know, like a good mid-range, uh, you know, like a six or six to seven percent uh, uh, alcohol IPA would be uh, would be ideal for for the Super Bowl. But what do you got for appetizer?
1: Appetizer. So I make um, artichoke dip.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but it's like uh, it's, like, with um, green chilies. Okay. So, my, but people, I mean, it's, like, famous. It is okay. legit. People, I've made it multiple times. People just crush it. Um, it's really good.
0: Many so, people are talking about Many eggs. people are saying. Many people, many people are, are saying. It's a great You appetite. don't know
1: how many times I've taken this to places, and people are like, oh, did your wife make it? It's like, my wife doesn't know how to make anything, so... Mm. No. <laughs> no okay <laughs> yeah it's good
0: all right okay so mine is i mean i almost feel like uh oscar should have asked second best. well we don't know i mean again we'll see if it wasn't really apathetic i should have asked second best because obviously first is queso and uh so i make uh, a very good uh a very good queso and it's not my recipe whatsoever it is my mother-in-law's recipe um i'm sworn to secrecy uh apparently she does not share this recipe with literally anybody who oh is who is not who is not family and she shared it with me shared it with me before we were even engaged so that was when I that, wow. was, when, that was when I knew the mother-in-law was like okay I like this one because people were like wait you have her queso recipe I was like yeah she's like how'd you get it I was like I, don't know. I just asked her And they, <laughs> they, were like, they were like I've asked her like so many times she won't share it with me I'm like oh i don't know what to tell you i don't know what to tell you so the only problem is like it's really hard to make a not obscene amount of queso when it's just like two of you um so shit when was it it might have been it might have been the fiesta i think it might i think it was the fiesta bowl i made like a half batch and i'm like okay clearly two of us can't we ate the half batch i was like okay i think we just have queso for dinner now so anyway that will be, we'll probably make that um, but for the uh, for the Super Bowl. So, all right, we got more questions, though. We got more questions. Uh, let's see. Way too early prediction. Uh, this is from Peter Smith at his Peteness. Way too early prediction, uh, but over under 10 wins for Notre Dame next year. Also, thoughts on OSU fans. So I'm assuming he means uh, Ohio State, not Oklahoma State, because we're not playing Oklahoma State again. Unless we've mm-hmm. seen it a bowl, over under ten wins.
1: Um, it's tough. It's just, I mean, is a good number. I would say over. Over. Just because I want to. You want it to be, yeah. There's so, so much unknown. I'm just gonna. I mean, ten is the push on the side of ten. Yeah. 10, 10 is, is the, the push,
0: yeah. Ten is the obvious push. So. Yeah. Oof. I mean. There are a lot of unknowns, unknown. I, I, Again, I also want it to be over, but I think if I were to. Ugh, I don't want to say under because then that that puts it in the universe. But right. uh,
1: I, I'm not I'm not
0: I'm not saying three losses. No, so I'm saying you're giving me over under. I'm going to say over. I mean, exactly. I think if you told me what is more likely, three losses or one loss. I would say one loss is more likely than three because I don't think they're going to lose three games. Yeah. So now if he put it at nine and a half, it'd be over easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd yeah be over sure. easy. So um, but um, all right, so let's see. We got one from Nick at Big Bake NDFI says, I know there's been a ton of recruiting talks, and you guys have broken them down. Uh you guys have broken them down. Uh, so it's just a for fun one. Oh man. Not projecting the 23 recruiting class. Who do you have as the starters at each position in 2023? Not 2022, Greg. 2023. Next, next, next season. Next, next? Yeah. So not, not, not who's starting in Columbus, uh, you know, on Labor Day weekend. Who is going to be the starting starters for Notre Dame in 2023? This is, I saw this and I was like, this is going to be fun because Greg and I will probably be able to talk about this for a while. Okay, and I can't use well.
1: Okay, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. So it's okay because we have the commits, right?
0: Yeah, he, I so mean, he does say not commits. not projecting the twenty twenty three. Well, game. we
1: don't have to project committed players though. Exactly. Agreed. Okay, so, right. so, so we can count. We can count them.
0: So, how do you want to start this? You want to start just offense and run it through?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All so, right. this is, so this is what we'll do. So, so Buckner quarterback. I think well, that's pretty. We easy, both right? agree.
0: We both agree okay. on that one. Yeah, Buckner. Okay, right. so Buckner quarterback um RB one. Who do we got? RB
1: one. Who I'm gonna say? I'm gonna say juderian Price.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. That is uh that's a projection right there. I, I was gonna go Digs. I'm not gonna change it because just because I heard you say Price, but I I respect that. Um, I think it'll be Digs. But hey, this is why we're this is why we're doing this. Um. Yeah. All right. So where do you want to go next? You want to go? You know what's fun? Tight end because I thought about this ahead of time Because Mayer is gone in 2023 So who replaces Michael Mayer
1: Um So okay Tight end one 2023 will be Will be Hmm I want to say I want to say Raritan but the knee, right? But the knee situation. Yep. That um, was actually, my I, thought. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm gonna just say Raritan. Let's say Raritan.
1: Okay. I've I thought about the, the same. I believe, I believe in the talent.
0: I'm going Evans as just the starter. I think. Okay. Raritan, I think Raritan plays a lot, but I think uh, I think Evans will be the starter. All right, so let's do. Let's just run through. Assuming there's three wide receivers starting, who would your three be in 2023? All right, so Styles. Obviously, I'll say
1: Styles, um, Mer- Tobias, Styles, Tobias, and
0: Colsey. Yep, that's the same, yeah. And I think it's an interesting mix, like they're gonna have to figure out. I mean, in in that trio, you, you probably have to play Styles in the slot, but I think Styles will have the versatility to play inside outside, as you've said before.
1: Yeah, so, he'll, be
0: all, he'll be all over the place. So, in that scenario, this is not related to the question, but now I'm kind of just curious. Is your take? In that scenario, two receivers on the field, which who's off the field in that scenario if you only have two? Two? Uh, yeah. Coles is off. Okay.
1: I mean, to yeah. be I, I, like honestly, I'll bet you it's Styles, Tobias, and like
0: transfer. That could be. Yeah. Okay. All right. There we go. Let's go O line. I mean, the offensive tackles are easy. So, yeah. do we have to name them?
1: uh (laughs) if you want i'll say i'll say i'll say uh i'll just go left to right so alt christophic center will be so
0: christophic is interesting but okay good okay
1: i I just think he'll win the job
0: i don't think i I wasn't thinking that i'm thinking he comes back and he starts in 2022 he's gonna have an nfl decision to make I don't think so. Two year starter? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it will yeah. be a decision. No, no,
1: because no, last year, no, he he. I'm not saying he's he'll, going. He'll want the third year. He'll yeah. want the third year. So it's gonna be all Christophic. Center will be.
0: Oh, man, that's kind of hard. Christophic could be center too, by the way.
1: I don't. I don't think so. I. I mm, who do I want to be center? I heard like there's been good things about. Um, Coogan,
0: Coogan, yeah. They Coogan like Coogan.
1: Um, Ashton Craig. I don't think. I honestly. All right. I'm gonna say. Hmm, I'm gonna say Coogan.
0: Okay.
1: Right guard Spindler, right tackle Fisher. That's
0: what okay. All right. So I'll probably go similar. I think Kristoffer could play center. Um. Because what I think that allows you to do is Harry's coming in. He's going to probably readdress things. I think there's probably going to be some position moves. And I think somebody like Michael Carmody, who maybe struggled a little bit at times at tackle, can play guard. And if he can be a really good guard, I think you try to make Christophic work at center. So, possibility. Something like that, I think you yeah. can see. Okay, so that's offense, right? One, two, three, four, five. Okay, defense is interesting. Because I was thinking about this today when I saw the question. Defensive line is very interesting it, to project it, this, in 2023. It's like super hard, yeah. Because Foskey's gone. I, I, I don't,
1: gone. Know, I don't well, know where, like, who's going to be playing where on the yeah. line.
0: So this I is why know. it's a great question.
1: Thank you, Nick. All right, so. But it's like it's just we're dealing with such
0: like information. I know that's why it's fun. That's why it's a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um. All right, let me think. I mean, are we both assuming in this scenario both Adamiolas are gone? Well, we know. Oh yeah, they're both gone. Jason, Jason, out of eligibility. Justin, I believe, would have one year left because he redshirted plus the 2020 COVID year. So he, I believe, would have one year left. Theory could come back in 2023 if he wanted to, but that'd be a sixth year. Um, and Fosky obviously gone. So go ahead. All
1: right. So, okay. Let's just say like strong end will be Mills.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's say Viper is Botelho. Um, the three tech or the one tech is going to be. Hmm. Hmm. Is it Lacey? I'll say Lacey mm-hmm. and the other, the three tech, like the um, the inside guy, like the Jason guy will be, oh, who will it be? Rubio's too big. Uh, Kiana Aina's too big. That's the problem. They don't really have this type of body type. Cross? Um, cross, yeah. Like, Is he the starter? Yeah, let's say you know what. Let's say Cross is ready for that. Okay, that's who
0: I have. I have Cross I'll there. say
1: Cross, or I'll say Tyson Ford in yeah. like year two is ready. Year two,
0: cross. Tyson Ford could be. So I'm, I'm similar with you what you got there. I, although I think I, I don't know. I don't know that Patello stays at Viper long term. Um, we'll see what they do with him. I don't think he's
1: gonna be there next year. So.
0: So. Um. I do think Keanu Achilles if he signs, because we can count the commits, we said, uh, could be the starting Viper in 2023. He could. He is... Notre Dame just does not have somebody like him. And he's already... Uh, I mean, he's already got the build, so... All right, so I'm going to put him there. What do you got, linebacker? Uh,
1: linebacker. All right, Mike is... Um, let's see. Mike will be... Tui Halamaka. Ooh, okay. Actually, I think they're going to be all the sophomores. So, okay, Mike, Tui Halamaka. Do I think Marist has a good enough season next year? Is Marist going to have a good enough season to where he's out? That's the question. He just broke his leg. I say yes. Okay, so okay, so Maris will be out. So I'll say Tulli um, Kali will and
0: and Sneed, Rover. Okay. I think Maris will will be back. Cause I don't know. Well, we'll see. One year coming off the broken leg might be tough. So I'm gonna that again, probably more hope than anything. But I would then have. I think they can get Kali big enough to be Mike. We'll see. That again might be hope. <laughs> they originally recruited him to be a rover, but uh, he was looking he was looking a little thick, um, you know, already this uh, this fall. So I think he's definitely a buck or uh, potentially a Mike if he keeps uh, if he keeps growing. But Kali Marist and Sneed. All right, secondary. Cbs. Who you got? This this um, is the hardest. Because there's yeah. like 20 of them. There's 20 defensive backs, and like God knows who's gonna be what. All right, so Jaden Mickey is one.
1: Okay. I'll say Ben Morrison is two. And I'll say Watts. Actually, wait, 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 wait. no, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, no, no,
0: no, no. no! Not so fast, my friends.
1: Okay, Mickey one.
0: Yeah.
1: Mickey one, Morrison two. Henderson, safety. And I'm going to start him. I'll just say Peyton Bowen. Wow. Second safety, just because I want to.
0: Okay, so that could be. So you're assuming Joseph is gone after one year. Yeah. Yeah, probably right. Um, mm, corner is tough. There's so, like I said, there's so many of them. I still have hope for Philip Riley. Um, I think Barnes could fix could factor in somewhere. He was the one freshman that worked his way into the two deep for the Fiesta Bowl. So, but it is tough, man. Ah, uh, so I will go mm, Morrison. And Barnes, just again, so we're a little different here. Morrison and Barnes at uh, a corner. Uh, I think Watts is going to stay. I think he'll be a starter by then. Um, I I feel more confident about him being a starter than Henderson. Long term. Okay. Because he's so raw. And I think he flashed enough. So, And then I'll, I'll just say Henderson and Watts, though. But... Um, Bowen. Bowen is a, uh, is an interesting one. So we both had one freshman. Yeah. We're going to look back at that and just laugh at ourselves. Um, yeah. It's, uh... But hey, I, that was a good question. I liked it. Made us think. Um, all right. So where are we at? Did I close this window? No. Okay. Um, dude, there's still a lot of questions. Okay. So your boy, Michael Muto. What spring, uh, we spring around the corner. What early enrollee? Has you the most excited? Transfers count? Transfers count.
1: Um, hmm. Most excited? I mean, I guess it's single high, I should say Brandon Joseph. Let's do offense and defense. So okay. I say uh, Brandon Joseph is one,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and the other is Jujarian Price.
0: Yeah. Okay, so Price is definitely mine on offense, too. Um, I guess if I was going to say a non-safety, I would probably go with Jalen Sneed because he seems to be a physical freak um, and getting Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa comparisons. So uh, we love those. So we'll take that. Um, All right, here's a fun one, too. Adam Birch, at Andy Birchy13. Who is your comp for Buckner? Also, uh, do you think Notre Dame wins a championship um, if you truly believe that they will? Let's go with the Buckner comp first. I was trying to think of it. this This is a tough one. Wait. Um, a comp for Tyler Buckner.
1: Okay. I, so I've been thinking about this. I saw this one. I've been thinking about this. I don't like I don't really have one. He, no one, no one is like his size.
0: That's the thing,
1: and no one is his like has his like throwing motion. Yeah, um, he has like a strange throwing motion, so it's hard for me to to like compare him to anybody. Like his playing style, I guess, is most similar to Brandon. Um, Okay,
0: I was just thinking general quarterbacks, but yeah,
1: but I yeah, like I don't, I can't even think of a general quarterback. Like one. the off-platform stuff is, like, I don't know. It's just kind of, like, I mean, Brandon tried to do that. He just wasn't very good at it.
0: Um, yeah. So, oh. oh, go ahead. No, one that came to me when I was looking at the, I was, like, looking at, at NFL quarterbacks, and I was like, damn it, kind of. Um, At least a younger, I don't know if I should put it even out in the universe, but a younger Carson Wentz. What? He's smaller.
1: They're He's... nothing alike. What are you talking about? Wentz
0: now Carson, is Me-
1: Carson Wentz has like that long, like traditional throwing. Well, we're
0: talking. I mean, if you're talking just throwing motion, I just mean in general of like can run, but not like run first, but can He's, run.
1: He. What are you talking about? He. They all they did was run with. But that's him. all
0: because it's all they called for him. Well, like,
1: right, but that's what I mean. Like, no one would ever do that. Look back at Wentz's
0: life. college stuff, man. That, that, trust me, I watched too much of it. Um, and <laughs> Wentz is now big and, you know, he's bigger and Wentz slower. Is like he's six, five. less than 6'5. That's the thing. Is, I can't, Buckner I couldn't is find like 6'1. 6'2, 6'2. I know. I couldn't find anybody that height. Um, that was one, um, because I was trying to find the quarterbacks who can run, but are not like, I don't know, not like, I'm trying to think. He's not like Lamar Jackson runner. Yeah. No, he's not like that. He's not. Um. So it's like, okay. And, like, I looked at, like, okay, somebody like a Josh Allen can run, but he's 6'6 or something like that. Like, that's, he's why, having...
1: that's why I compared him to Brandon, because I feel like their styles, like, their are. size is similar. That's
0: why yeah. I said that. For his sake, I hope he's better. Well, I think he's a better thrower. Well, the thing, too, that, like, some of what we saw from Buckner reminded me, well, it reminded me a little of the, like, oh. Don't throw that pick, but granted he's a freshman in college and Wentz was like a 60 year pro making terrible throws or five, 50 or pro, whatever he was, but, uh, this year. So that was what came to my mind as somebody who watched a lot of him, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I couldn't think of any other real, like who's a guy. Cause usually if they're like the pure runner, they're smaller than Buckner. Uh, so I, I just, I couldn't think of any, I couldn't think of any other, uh, any others. I'm trying. No, there was none of Um, Okay. What do we got here? Uh, ta, 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 ta. Here's one for you from Alan Rutherford. According to the ringer, Kyle isn't a single high safety. First question. How dare they? Second question. Greg, we'll let you respond, sir.
1: That's just it's, uh I, honestly, so I think the guy was, they, they had why he might rise and why he might fall. And, someone, and the guy said, you know, his knee hurt his knee. And, I think he's – some might not think he's a single high safety.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you read the rest of his his uh, scouting report, like he says he has elite athleticism. Well, if he has elite athleticism, then obviously he can be a single high safety because mm-hmm. he is a safety, right? So that's what you're looking for in a single high safety. So it just kind of goes to – like it just lends itself, right? So you're not going to say like, oh, he's you know he's not a single high. He's got lead athleticism. So I think he's just saying, like, look, you have his size and you look at his size and you look at the way he tackles. And so you say maybe some team in the top 10 or whatever, like doesn't see him as a single high safety. I think he's just trying to I think he needed to put something down. He didn't want to put you cannot. He's perfect and everyone loves him. Right. That's fair. So that's what I think. And if someone and if someone wants to say different then
0: um you will fight them i'll burn your house to the ground that's so. <laughs> <laughs> i don't even fight just burn the house yeah i'm burn gonna the burn the house. your house down yeah straight to the straight to the ground straight oh to
1: okay ground. thank you for your comments you have no home
0: <laughs> i will find you yeah, liam Neeson in taken style great yeah. coming at you all right yes yeah. um here we go another question our friend uh andrew callan Asks us how do you feel about the interior D line play this year? I had pretty lofty expectations based on their expect or based on their experience and potential, but I felt more like fine good uh, versus great slash elite to me watching live, egregious holding penalties aside. Or how did we feel? Not not coming up. How did we feel about interior line play in 2021?
1: Um uh, I think for a fair comment.
0: Yeah. I think that's fair. I think Heinisch was like I, – I love Heinisch, uh, you know, but he is – he was – he's a good player. He is they not, weren't
1: domi- – they didn't dominate. I mean,
0: yeah. they didn't he's, dominate he's not, like – That's the thing. It's like he's a good player. He wasn't a dominant player.
1: Yeah, like they weren't awful, but no. they
0: weren't like – And even like Adam Jason,
1: Yeah, Jason Adam Lowe, like he had –
0: Dominant moments but it wasn't like And he was so like if you look at his Pressure totals and you look at things like that He was so he was close To being a dominant player but And it's, I think time as a starter so that's I, That's the thing about him coming Back is like he's You know on the edge of being a, An elite player and he can be that In 2022
1: and I, and I think that You know it since Notre Dame rotates their line as much as They do like you didn't see you didn't see the 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 backups be as good as maybe you might have thought, right? So, like, um, like Howard Cross, um, Jacob Lacey. I mean, like, Jacob Lacey was hurt, so it's kind of hard. But like, he had um, his moments.
0: Yeah, Alex Arensberger,
1: of course, yeah, and, and so did Howard Cross too. So the, we're not saying they were. Oh,
0: Arensberger's one we didn't think about for 2023. He's right. one that could could can bloom still. He could. Very um, raw
1: player. But so. It's yeah, so it's not like these guys were bad. They were not bad. No. Um it's just that, you know, you, you didn't they weren't as good as maybe we thought, you know, the ceiling was. Yeah. Um whatever the ceiling was, I feel like they didn't reach it. So There. Yeah.
0: Um Okay, next question. Fun one here from Austin Bradley, also somebody who uh, who sends us questions often, so thank you Austin. If you could add or remove one rule from college football, what change would you make so this is fun because he doesn't say it like officiating rule he just says one rule
1: um i mean for me it's simple it is officiating it's freaking get rid of the fucking injections for targeting Ooh. okay Get rid of it like get rid of it why are you kicking players out of games okay why are we doing that they don't do that in the pros <laughs> like, they, like literally they don't do it in the pros you you get a penalty for it and it's a penalty and everyone moves on with their life like why can't well i don't get it what are we doing why are we kicking players out of the game doesn't make sense like why what the pros how is the college penalty more more uh you know penal than it is in, in professional I, Stop kicking players out of the game. You can keep That's the penalty fair. if you want. If you don't want to do tears, then fine. Don't do tears. Like That's fair. And in let the pros, them. but and, and the thing is, in the pros, you can kick. If it's really bad, you can kick someone out of the game. Yeah. So,
0: you know. All right, also, let the record show. That's two... In the history of single high. that's two f bombs from Greg. I don't think that's any for me, um, and I'm the <laughs> one that and I'm the one that drinks on every episode. So I'm just throwing that I'm just throwing that out into the universe. Um, that's a good one. I was trying to think uh, if if I change or add. I, I'm gonna I'll go I'll go because there are no rules apparently right now around nil like just none. So, like, I would say if I could change or add just one rule around it, like like something that is something and I am very much for the players making money off of their name, image and likeness, by the way, I am not necessarily for systematic uh, pay for play recruiting like we're hearing things, although, you know, certain coaches will say that. You. You I know something? he's get, he's get real mad at me. The, the good thing is, I mean, the only thing I have to worry about is like my brother-in-law listening to this and turning me into Jimbo, but I don't think he listens. So I think we're okay. Uh, but uh, no, something like that, some sort of rule. Um, and I, I mean, I think it'll come at some point. Uh, there's enough coaches annoyed about it right now that uh, I think we'll, I think we'll hear it. So,
1: all right. So I, so I have a bonus question. Okay. For Austin Bradley. Yes. So
0: what's the bonus question?
1: I believe Austin. Yeah. It was, it's actually I'm stealing a question that Austin had from um uh, for the oh one foot down podcast. Okay. He asked them in a pod why is um Kyron Williams good? And basically like you, saw, you know epa and all these other things and it's like is he really that good why what makes him good why is he good and so i'm going to answer that question because okay. i i heard it and i thought okay I, I i will take the question as being um you know in good faith not trolly type stuff yeah. okay so so the thing about Chiron. It's because, you know, you can look at his numbers and just look at them blanket and say, like, the numbers aren't that great, right? The averaged about five yards of carry, scored a lot of touchdowns, but, you know, EPA well, also, and,
0: and all these other things. I mean, um, I think also with Kyron, it's like he's not super fast. He's not super big. So that either the measurables and, and things like that are not necessarily there with him.
1: Right. So, so here's the thing about Kyron is... Is And he didn't want to talk about intangibles either. So we're taking intangibles out of the equation. So, so you look at what he can do, right? So he can hit the home run. And it's not that he just he can hit the home run. He can hit the home run in multiple ways, right? So you have the opening play against Clemson where the hole is there. He makes a move on the safety and goes basically untouched for the touchdown, right? Yep. 65-yard play, outruns the defense, right? So that's hitting a home run with good blocking. Then, obviously, you have the uh, the North Carolina situation where he goes 91 yards when the blocking is awful. There's nothing Terrible. there. And he just makes it happen on his own, outruns the defense, right? What other running back uh, in the last however long created a 91-yard play like that basically out of nothing? none it hasn't happened
0: right? not in Notre Dame, anyway none not in
1: Notre Dame.
0: all the right. long runs it was like huge hole like you know right huge hole adams uh, what was it wake forest uh in 2015 right it was 2015. yeah huge hole huge hole, hole when he was a freshman there's
1: there's, there's
0: dexter one guy at, there dexter at uh you know virginia tech it was like boom made the cut it was there so
1: yeah but dexter's untouched until he gets to the 80 yards down the field exactly um you have you know the 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 long run against uh georgia tech with cj process where he's untouched same so it's like yeah like we the parting have of the red Gators. sea
0: against usc with josh adams in 17 and then too, then you too,
1: have the, right and then you have the 50 yard run against um against purdue to ice that game where that is a that is dual basically a power run right up the middle yeah. out of you know 13 personnel right so it's like you you we are going heavy and we are running straight at, at at the defense and he breaks a long run that way where he you know where he breaks a couple tackles you know cuts back inside so he's breaking long runs out of multiple multiple different ways. Obviously, we don't do we need to discuss the pass blocking situation
0: hmm, which animal
1: which when you look at the Clemson game where he has 130 yards rushing, three touchdowns, and the most notable part of his game was the blocking aspect of it. So there's that. Then you have the receiving where you can split him out. You can put him in the slot. He's great on screens. He's great on, you know, traditional running back screens. He's great on um, you know, the the wide screens where you bring him back inside. You can bring him in the slot. You can you can run out routes with him, you can run slant routes with him, you can run drag routes with him, you can do all these different things. Um, you have the fact that he's an inside runner where he's got multiple goal line carries where he is finding space. On the inside, and basically reading out the play, lowering his shoulder. He knows when to lower the shoulder. He knows when to bounce it. Um, you have the will, you have the want to, you have the tackle breaking ability, you have the juke ability in the open field. Like, no Notre Dame back has the totality of his skill set in the lap. Like, I can't even think of a player, right? Like, who has. All of everyone's best quality, right? So like Theo Riddick, right? He had jukes just like Kyron. He had the 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 receiving skills just like Kyron, right? Reggie? Didn't have the home runs. Didn't have Reggie the home Brooks? runs. Reggie Brooks. Reggie Brooks Maybe. had the had the long runs, right? But where was yeah. it was as a pass blocker? Where was that? Where was he as a pass catcher, yeah. right? Like he had the two point conversion. But like
0: that's that, true. That it
1: wasn't, it was that, that wasn't a, a. I mean, it was a different time. But the fact of the matter is, it's like he didn't have the pass blocking. He didn't have the pass catching. He didn't have the – he didn't have those things. He didn't have the inside running. Um, He had the home run ability, which is great, right? You know, that's great. Um, But he didn't have those other things. And so you look at Kyron, you can play him in any situation. Denson wasn't the home run guy.
0: Not as much, no, yeah.
1: He he just didn't have that.
0: Yeah. I'm Um, throwing throwing some names out. Right. So – And they're all like 20 years ago. So that gives you an idea.
1: Right. So, like, 30 years ago. Yeah. So, since then, you just don't have it. You just don't have it. So, that's uh, so in summation, that's why he's good. And that's why he's everyone's favorite player. And then you factor in the fact that he's a warrior and he plays with joy and he raises the game of everyone around. And then you put him and you take him out against Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl and there's no running game whatsoever because.
0: They don't have him.
1: So that's why. I that's can't believe that he's...
0: got you more fired up than the Kyle Hamilton question.
1: Because the Kyle Hamilton is like.
0: In the words no one,
1: of. No one asked. Why is Camel Hamilton good? Like no one asked that.
0: But, that's true. So. That's true. I mean, I, I, just to add. And I'll, I'll be brief. Because Craig did a very good uh, uh, thesis I almost,
1: honestly, I almost did, like, a whole live show with Hit Hustle based
0: on this. So. should. You should. I, I'll watch. Um, but anyway, well, I will say, <laughs> in my summation of, of why Kyron is so good is because he consistently takes... And, and this doesn't sound, like, fa- like, flashy and doesn't sound, you know, sexy or whatever, like, when it's... Like, it's not... Because they're not 80-yard runs. He consistently takes... Uh, runs that a normal running back would get stuffed or get a yard or get two yards and turns them into four and five and six yard gains. And it doesn't sound like it's like, you okay. Need the blocking. Yeah. It's like, but it, even when you hear that, you're like, oh, okay. But it's like, yeah. But when you do that consistently and you are consistently turning gains, that should be two yards into four yards and five yards. One, not only is it moving the sticks. It demoralizes a defense where you're just, I can't, I can't tackle this guy. And that's what Kyron brings to, uh, to an offense. But, um, we got a couple more questions and it's after midnight here on the East coast. So we got to get, we're going to get through them. Drew Brennan at Drew Brennan 77. Are you guys hearing any rumblings around what Notre Dame is doing on the NIL front uh, to compete with other schools?
1: They just hired a couple staffers.
0: Exactly. Um, so there's that. Uh, they, yeah, they, they 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 made a couple of hires in that area. Um, look, I don't think Notre Dame is never gonna Notre Dame is never gonna be like in your face with this. Like maybe other programs. Yeah. However, I think if you look at what some of the Notre Dame players have already done, and you see what now Notre Dame is doing to adding support staff to help them in that area. Like look at look at Isaiah Foskey. Yeah. He just launched a whole new line of, of, of shirts and things like that that are freaking awesome, by the way. Um, some of the – like the one throwback jersey he is selling on his site is like phenomenal. Um, I kind of want it. So, But, I mean, his shirts also say things. Like his, he has got like officially licensed shirts, yeah. right? That's not I, – I, that, if you if h d put up shirts – That said, Notre Dame on them in some capacity. Those things would not be online very long, because Notre Dame would know that, and Notre Dame would be contacting us pretty quick. Um, So that's not like the in-your-face, like, hey, uh, you know, we're uh, you know, we're we're getting a a historic recruiting class here, but it is more uh, that 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 can't be. I don't. I mean, again, I don't know the details behind it, but like that, that's not. I'm trying to think of even the right words as to like that, that it, it's not unknown, you know, that, that, that those are happening. So that has to be done with some sort of, a, you know, university approval. Um, so I think those, I think to me, those are the kind of the interesting things. And I think that's the way you're going to see Notre Dame do this. You're going to see Notre Dame. I, I, I don't think creative is the right word. Um, I think you're going to see Notre Dame empower its players to maximize their NIL, uh, exposure, without you know any sort of like sham deals or anything like that and i think that's what you're seeing i mean look at what kyle did i mean Kyle
1: he had his toe dipped in like so many places yeah where it's just like all over the place like he you know the 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 podcast his own merchandise line um you know he he but you know he was rollback he was with um like there was a food thing where he he had um you know Pre-prepared meals and that sort of thing. Um, you know, he had, I think he had a couple clothing lines, so he yeah. he he had so many things going on um on that front. There's obviously ways to do it, and he did it without like he. Th- this happened like right away,
0: right away, exactly.
1: So and it was without you know, kind of no one knew what was going on. So right, there's there's think, stuff available.
0: I think that's what you're gonna see how you're going to see Notre Dame embrace it, um, um, empower their players and, and help. I don't, you're never, yeah. you're not, you're, you're not going to see like, you know, Notre Dame's version of like a buddy Garrity from, uh, from Friday night lights offering jobs or offering, you know, promotional gigs to players and things like that. But you will see, uh, you will see things like what we're seeing with Foskey, uh, to your point, Hamilton had his line of stuff. So, uh, I, I think uh, I, I think we'll. I don't. I don't think Notre Dame's is just going to sit back and go like, well, what are we going to do? So, um, yeah, that's my take on it. Speaking of Drew, Drew left us a review on Apple, by the way. We're not oh. going to wait till the end. Um, and he says here, right in the review, it says uh, Drew Brennan seventy seven from Twitter here. So, the title is Single High has quickly become one of my favorites. So he says that uh, Drew Brennan. 77 from Twitter here and review for you guys really like your single high Notre Dame football podcast. And, uh, and as I listen to a lot of different Notre Dame uh, football podcast, yours has, uh, in a very short period of time become one of the best on Notre Dame football. You two have a great rapport together and I like the way that you balance your shows with your overall takes breakdowns of what is going on with Notre Dame football, and then answer the questions from fans. It's also cool to see Greg get involved with ISD. And it's neat to see your relationship with the guys at one foot down. Overall, really enjoy your shows. Keep up the awesome work and looking forward to many more episodes ahead, especially as I feel we are entering into a really exciting time with Marcus Freeman leading the way for our Irish. And lastly, as a tip for those who are looking to make more time for listening, I always listen to all podcasts at two times speed, so they go pretty fast. <laughs> Thanks for doing what you guys do, and go Irish. Thank you, Drew. I appreciate it. Thank you, Drew. You're definitely going to need to listen to this one at 2x speed. It was uh, <laughs> two weeks in between and lots of questions. So we're getting through them. and we're get, Hey, you guys ask them, we answer them. Um, I think we stopped our portion of this. 30 minutes in and an hour later, we're still on to the questions. So we got a couple more. We'll finish this off. Aaron Berger asks us, can Reese recruit a top QB? It does and then says doesn't sound optimistic for 2023. Right now, Greg, it is February fourth, twenty twenty two. Yeah. Is Notre Dame going to sign a top one hundred recruit in this cycle?
1: At quarterback?
0: At quarterback. Yes. Yes. Oh do you dare want to make a prediction as to who you think that will be?
1: Um you know, I I just um I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put the feelers out that that uh, he's gonna make it happen with Dante
0: Moore. That's who I think as well. I'm gonna go yes. And again, maybe this is projection and just hope.
1: Yeah, it might it might be a little bit of hopium, but um you know, a little bit of hopium never hurt anybody.
0: At this time of year. Um dude, but the thing with the thing with more is that we're not going up against LSU, Alabama, A and M Yeah. Going up against Michigan and Michigan State and some others. So I, I gotta think that we got uh, that that's the that's the chance there. So I hope so Um, because this recruiting class this year does feel very much like quarterbacks going to make or break it. It's, it's, it's a year you got to get an elite quarterback. So we'll see. All right. We got fine wine time coming in. Um, It says, can't wait. um, After I had said we're recording and then said, after the great hit and hustle session on Tyler Buckner, what do you expect out of Tyler at the horseshoe? Um. Six hundred yards, five touchdowns.
1: <laughs> I expect greatness. You know that's uh, that's what we're coming for. Um, you know it's hard to say, man. It, it why, why don't we uh, why don't we uh, why don't we kind of revisit that? Let's let's keep that in mind because we have so much to um, you know kind of get through, right? We have to get through spring. We have to see you know what receivers he's got available, what the weapons are how everything's kind of coming together. Like there's so many variables involved. There are to kind of decide what we're going to see from Buckner. Um, So, so hang in there with that.
0: I, I will say at a high level, I expect highs and lows. So <laughs> that's uh,
1: okay.
0: I, it's uh yeah. Anytime you got he's he's played a little, but he hasn't played a lot. He's going to be, I mean, he played at Virginia tech, which is somewhat hostile, but that what he's going to experience at the horseshoe. So, uh, I think you're going to see some great plays, but I think we'll, I think you'll, you'll, you'll have some moments too, where you're like, it's first time starting quarterback, um, because he will be. So that's my take on, uh, on Buckner here. I think we got one more question and then we could, uh, wrap this up. John Fitter asks, have USC fans embraced their team's heel turn? Uh, you know, love to talk about how they are a top 10 team with no offensive line or defensive line skill positions have never been their problem.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think so. Honestly, I think, uh, just from talking to Michael, I think that he's excited just to be kind of relevant again. Um, which is fine, right? Um, there is no USC. There's only Oklahoma West or, or sooner Cal. Yep. is what we're calling them. So, yes. um, you know, that's fine. Yeah. So, I, yeah I, I, I think it's just like, look, whatever, it's going to be fun. It's kind of an LA thing anyway, just to kind of, you know, <laughs> just a free
0: agency kind of grab. So it's true. Speaking of, what were your thoughts on Lincoln Riley? The man who who tra- trailblazed for Brian Kelly leaving a, a successful program for uh, for another for a downtrodden, um, you know, six, you know, a big time program. But um, leaving a leaving Oklahoma the way that he did stealing, you know, trying to steal recruits, getting transfers from Oklahoma. He basically did everything that we were worried Brian Kelly was going to do to Notre Dame. You know, he took the good staff. He took the good players, he took the good recruits, and then on signing day goes, you know what, we gotta, there's gotta be guardrails on this transfer portal because it's getting out of control. It's like, yeah, dude, you're the problem. <laughs> you, you like what you just did is like the quintessential problem with the entire transfer portal. And for him to just be like, well, we gotta do something about this. What 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 was your thoughts on that?
1: I mean, obviously, like I think, I think uh Ashton said it right. I think Ashton said it right in that, yeah. like I think the message is good, but the person saying giving it is uh is not. So yeah. it's just kind of like it needs to come from someone else. And it, the thing with Lincoln Riley is like the man is is a is a is a menace, and he is he is a maniac. He goes out there.
0: I know where this is going. I can't wait.
1: He he continues to wear. He continues to wear his Oklahoma Jordans, and he, he wore them off the plane when he was hired, and he continues to wear them while taking photo. Why are you wearing the shoes of your former school all the time? He
0: is a maniac. Maybe they're comfortable. He I don't is know. A,
1: I'm, I'm sure they are, but you know what? They give you shoes at USC. Like, you, this is maniac behavior, Frank. And, and I agree. I think that. I think the NCAA needs to investigate. The man is not safe. He is a menace. It is so,
0: maniac behavior. My goodness, I, it's it's just it blew my mind when I saw it yesterday. I'm like, look, all right, Lincoln, you wanna you wanna you wanna say like, hey, I don't like what I had to do, but I had to do it because these are the rules, and we should probably close them off because I shouldn't have been able. Isn't that what he said? He was just like, this is. Somebody should stop this, right? This is, this is not good. You know, it's like, yeah, dude, like you literally just did all the bad things, right? You did what every school is worried about. You left your school, you went to another school, and then you just got a bunch of like transfers and like got all the best players from your old school that you, that you wanted. And it's like, that's the worst. One of the worst things about the portal right now is like, that is that, that that's possible. That a team could just up and lose its star players because the coach leaves, and it's like, well, now that I'm here, like we should close this because I don't want this to happen to me. I don't want my my players to be able to uh, to transfer out, and it's just like, dude, come on, come on, it's ridiculous. The Jordans notwithstanding, but anyway, yeah. If anything else, I mean, hey, I mean, it's easy to hate USC. And he just was like, "Well, here's a little fuel to your fire, Notre Dame fans. I'll just give you guys a little, little, little extra coming into, uh, you know, coming into coming into this year." But um, yeah, that was just that was that was utterly utterly ridiculous. So I don't know. All right, we are at time here. I think, sir, we've been chatting for a while. It's late. I'm gonna have to get to bed here. Um, but. Uh, Anything we didn't cover? Any parting shots for for the fans, the the, (laughs) the loyal listeners? If
1: we didn't cover it, we got to cover it next time.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I don't know. We've been talking for so long, news might have broken while we were were recording. Uh, (laughs) So, all right. I think with that, we can put a bow on this one. Um, we can say we're probably not going to go. Hopefully we won't have to go two weeks again in between, uh, in, in, in between, uh, you know, recordings that we'll be able to record, uh, you know, next week. I would say, hopefully we have a defensive coordinator, but if it's golden, we're not going to have one at this time next, next week. If, uh, if, uh, you know, the way things are trending, it might be two weeks until, yeah. until, uh, until we know that. But, um, as always, always thank you for listening thank you for your questions there was plenty this week um i filled a lot of time for us so keep them coming keep the reviews coming um and we'll be back at you hopefully next week and as always go irish